This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. American Soccer Podcast uh, with Andrew and Spencer. And today, Spencer, we come to you with actual World Cup United States men's national team gameplay. Spencer, how you doing, man? I am. I'm good, Andrew. You know, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there after today, but uh, I've chosen to take the high road here. I'm feeling pretty good. How about you, my friend? Uh, I, I'm feeling good now. It's, it, you know, if we, I think I, I was talking about this with somebody earlier, but it's like, you know, if we want, you know, if we had come back and tied it, it, we'd feel great. It'd feel like a win because we had the lead and lost it. It feels more like a loss, but you're right. What you got to think is, is this is the long game. This is about getting out of the group. We can, we can, we can, we can be positive here. We're going to be positive. 100%. 100%. I think it's uh, just a, uh unpack it a bit real quick it was 1-1 in case you were under a rock and missed it uh u.s took the lead in about the 35th minute or so way with the goal and a penalty late for gareth bale and around the 81st minute or so tied it up and the points were shared in qatar today um overall yeah i I think just to start to get into it i i think i agree with you um it's the type of thing where if it was the opposite way, if, you know, we took points, if we turned a loss into a draw at the end, we'd be very happy about it. Hurts a little bit to do it that way. But, you know, I think if you told me before the game kicked off, um, you told me we drew them, I'd be pretty happy with a draw against Wales. How about you? Yeah, man. I, I think the tough part is we played so well. I, I mean, I, I we tweeted it from the account there, but that was about – a perfect 45 minutes. We controlled the ball. USA had more than the lion's share of possession, felt like 70% at times, um, knocking it around the park, creating chances, holding possession, and then this quick counter-pressing, right? They lose the ball. Adams jumps on it. Musa all over people. Robinson, Pulisic, Dest. Like, everybody was just so committed forward. And then you know, famous last words of like, yeah, Zimmerman and Reed were absolutely solid at the back. All they did was, you know, make the right play and really hold down uh, Daniel James and Gareth Bale in the first half. Um, I do want to kind of get into just how we how we lined up and how Wales lined up here, because um, I do think there's some big kind of tactical stuff to talk about in the second half. We got Matt Turner in goal, Serginho Dest. At right back, Walker Zimmerman and Tim Ream as the center back pairing, along with Jedi Anthony Robinson at left back. Um, the midfield three, our favorite MMA, um, with Wesson McKinney, Eunice Musa, and Tyler Adams. And then a little bit of a surprise in the attack with Tim Weah out on the right, Josh Sargent through the middle as a striker, and then, of course, Christian Pulisic on the left. Um, thoughts on how we lined up and came out of here, Spencer, or at least started the game off? So I um, was a little bit surprised to see Weah in there, not in a negative way, really. Just um, you kind of just thought it would be Reyna or Aronson and seeing him. You thought you'd see at least one of those guys in the team, I thought. Yeah. So it was kind of surprising to see both of them on the bench. 
Um, at the back, I was quite surprised to see Tim Ream in there. Uh, <laughs> happily surprised, and we're going to yeah. get into Tim Ream at some point because, man, what a game by that guy. But, yeah, I think overall, like, it was a pretty strong lineup. I was pretty happy with it. I thought Sargent made sense down the middle just because he has a lot of experience playing against a lot of these guys in the championship. There's a lot of Welsh guys that play in the championship. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't surprised to see him in there. I thought, again, too, we'll get into individual players a little more later, but I thought he was all right in in that role as well. But overall, I was pretty happy with the lineup. What did you think? Um, I I like the lineup there. Um, Not to just mirror exactly what you said, but... When I saw Tim Wea, I was excited, and then I was a little confused just because Reyna's been playing more for Borussia Dortmund lately. Aronson's been on a heck of a run, um, but I I gotta give it to I gotta give it to Greg here. Wea was absolutely. I mean, it felt like our best non-Tyler Adams player for large stretches of the game here. I, I would give it to Adams just because of how crucial he was to kind of holding down the midfield, but absolutely one of our best attacking options, and he you know came through with the goal there. Um, before we get too far into just what the U.S. set up in, kind of want to make sure I at least uh, say what Wales lined up in because of their big change of the second half there. But um, they had Hennessy in goal, Ben Davies, Joe Roden, and Christopher Meham, Meham uh, as their back three with Nico Williams, Harry Wilson, Ethan Ampadu, Aaron Ramsey, um, and then Chris Roberts on as their 3-5-2 there, right? So Nico Williams and Chris Roberts are right backs and left backs getting up and down, and then up top they had not your boy Kiefer Moore, who you loved and came to bite us in the second half, but Daniel James and then Wales and golf legend alike, Gareth Bale up top. Thoughts about the Wales lineup when you saw it? Yeah, I wasn't too surprised by any of this, honestly. Um, I can't sit here and dive into it and say that I'm like some expert on how Wales is lining up all the time, but... I looked at it, there was nothing that made me raise an eyebrow or anything as far as the personnel they were lining up with. Was there anything that was like surprising to you that you wanted to dive wanted to dive into? Um, yeah, just where so Daniel James plays in the in the Premier League, right? He's an absolute pace merchant. I was surprised to see him up top with Bale, just because I think Kiefer Moore's been in such a good run of form lately. And when you have a striker who's six five, and you're going against a pressing team like the U.S. is, and the U.S. pressed them about off the field in the first half, right? So that part of it was right. And it's an easy outlet to have somebody up there who can just flick a ball on to Gareth Bale, which is a lot of what Wales did in the second half, right? Uh, was uh, Kiefer more or yeah, Kiefer and Gareth Bale kind of flicking the ball back to each other, getting a long ball in there, um, which ultimately led to the tie and kind of their better second half there. But um, yeah, overall they kind of lined up exactly like we thought they were going to. Yeah. I think honestly, before we dive into what happened later on, let's go ahead and let's just kind of maybe kind of sequentially just unpack it from the first half kind of early on. Um, What did you think like early on of the U S kind of in that first half, obviously, we've alluded to that we thought the first half was like really, really well, but what did you like about what they were doing out there? My favorite thing that they did was they controlled the ball and then they just were so good in the counter press, right? USA has a lot of the ball and we see that against weaker CONCACAF opponents. They don't always do a lot with it, right? 
they were making attacking runs. They were going by people. They were pushing the ball through the midfield and up the flanks, right? They were using everybody's kind of individual skill in the team mode. And then they'd lose the ball because they're trying something. And they were just everywhere on the counter press, right? Wales did not have a minute on the ball. I had, you know, non-soccer people reaching out to me going like, what is going on with this USA team? Do they play like this all the time? And I was like, only when it's going really well. <laughs> only only on their best days is this kind of counter press um, all over the ball. I thought Adams had an excellent first half, especially. Um, and then the big threat over the top was was uh, our center backs spraying the ball out to Tim Way on that right-hand side. And kind of leads to the first big chance of the game was, I think it's like the eighth or ninth minute, they hit that ball over the top to Wea on the right-hand side. Sargent makes a great run down the middle. And that's where it was almost the own goal. I don't know <laughs> if I've had my heart in my hands that much uh, so early in a soccer game since uh, Clint Dempsey was absolutely destroying uh, Ghana. But it was it was a great start. And then they had right again on that, I think it was the, maybe the next corner, Josh Sargent like, gets a foot or a head or something on that near. It post. was literally like the follow-up, the, the, like after the own goal scare, like, the ball recycled, they put it back in. So it was like bang, bing, bang, like two and like 20 seconds, both those chances. Yeah, they had, they had two kind of quick chances and then just kind of sustained pressure. Like I just didn't, the game in the first half never felt like Wales were really count, like a threat, right? They didn't really push the ball. They didn't really have anything outside of the occasional run up and down the right-hand side. Um, the other thing I kind of wanted to make, bring up to you was the um, kind of those early two yellow cards. And just, I mean, there's no way we don't talk about how this game was officiated, which was <laughs> brutal. Yeah, but like Des gets one in the 11th minute. McKinney gets one two minutes later in the 13th minute. And all of a sudden our two, you know, two of our most important players are on a caution for the, for the rest of the game. Yeah, the um the officiating is definitely going to come up at some point in this. It was tough to get those both so early in the match, I think. It didn't really seem to affect him in the first half, honestly, if I'm being real. Um you alluded to it kind of the press was so so well organized. Like I don't I don't think I've seen us press that effectively ever under Greg Bear, under Greg Bearhalter. Um they were so well organized they were decisive they were pressing as a team there was no individualism going on there it was so well thought out and it was i'll tell you what it reminded me of it reminded me of like the way we had possession and the way we were winning possession back it it reminded me of like i was like am i it's it's not a club weekend right i'm not watching manchester city here right that's not what's happening (laughs) but i mean it was just class like i i didn't know we had that in us so overall like the first half i left leaving i left it leave i left it feeling very very satisfied with what was going on but um you know it's it's uh tough with those yellow cards i guess like you're saying i I didn't feel like um it changed too much of the game really honestly at least from dester mckinney's standpoint they still were pressing pretty effectively they still looked pretty aggressive um although maybe a little bit more tame than early on 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seemed kind of like a result of they were really, really gassed up for this first World Cup game for both of them. Um, just a little bit of an experience, maybe a little too fired up the moment got to him a bit. But, um, you know, I think that was kind of, uh, well, we'll get to the second half here in a minute, but I think that was kind of a theme of the night where a little bit of inexperience maybe hurt the team in the long run. What do you think? Yeah, and I think you could probably make the case it helped them too, right? Because they show up and they don't know any better than just to go all out and put this crazy press on and stuff like that. And they definitely look gassed in the second half, right? But um, but yeah, those, those two yellow cards, I, I don't think they added anything to the way those guys were playing. I almost think it pissed off like, I, I love Pulisic, but he's so annoyed with the refs all the time, right? And part of that's because he's got to be. He's the guy getting kicked, right? He's the guy going by people and getting taken down. And Oh, he got kicked today. Down. Oh, my gosh. And like he's always going to, right? If you're a good player and that's what you do, guess what? You're kicked. You're on the ground. So I think it, like, set him off a little bit early, right? Because in the second half, he was so mad at the ref the whole time. Um but yeah, I mean, those kind of have lasting, more lasting impact, especially now and kind of where we go with how we're going to line up against England and everything else. But those are those are future problems we'll get into for sure. But um, any other kind of closing thoughts on, well, let's make sure we talk about the goal. Spencer, yeah. run us through what you were thinking of the goal there. So uh, the goal... Um... They alluded to it on the broadcast and saying it's probably if Greg Bearhalter drew it up in his head, it's probably exactly how it would go. It was a perfect little give and go between Polisic and Musa that just are. I'm sorry, was Sargent was in there too at some point too with a nice hold up play kind of. I I don't have it. I, I know that those three were kind of involved in it though in the build up. Um, but it gets flicked on to Polisic uh, like a little little give and go, and he just powers just. Burst a pace right through the midfield. Uh, got in a lot of space. Drew a couple defenders in. Great run by Wea around the defender. Uh, Pulisic plays a perfect little through ball, and it's a tidy little finish by Wea. Man, um, I, I was, I, I was there was a, there was a lot to yeah there was a lot to do there. There was a lot more to do there than it kind of looks like when you saw the slow mo. Uh, the goalkeepers keep like closing him down. Hennessy's right on his tracks he's got a defender like right on his back too and it's a tidy little finish outside of the boot man i had my usmnt life flash before my eyes when he didn't take another touch because he's going in so fast i'm like just push it around the keeper he's six five slow welsh dude push it around him tap it in and he takes it with the wrong what looks like it's going to be the wrong foot with the outside of his right foot when it looked like it was going to fall more naturally to his left foot and just kind of chips it over the keeper. And it's not a real chip. You know, it doesn't go real high in the air, but just gets enough elevation on it. And the run from Pulisic in on the diagonal is absolutely beautiful. That's Pulisic at his best, is just taking guys on, making reads, that diagonal run from way up. You know, that's, you know, like that that goal is really not an indictment of like the Welsh defense. That is getting caught in transition and having two dudes who absolutely have pace to burn and know how to finish right it's like that's exactly why Pulisic is so good and high and highly regarded is because if the ball falls to him in a moment of chaos he is just better than these other guys yeah I, I really didn't think the Welsh did much wrong uh, the defender whoever it was I'm 
sorry, I don't have it off the top of my head, but he took like one bad step and that's all Pulisic needed. He was gone. He was flying in the midfield. Uh, like just such a burst of pace. It's yeah. When Pulisic's at his best, he's, um, he's able to do that. He gets him. He, he had a couple others. I know Mepham was really marking him on the oh. outside and, uh, he had one where he turned him and, uh, forced a yellow card from Mepham later in the game too. So he had some good moments. Um, before we start like just diving into players, because I'm sure that's going to come up, let's just kind of move on, unpack the second half really quick. Um, the big change, I guess, on yeah. paper going into the second half was um, Rob Page bringing on Kiefer Moore for Daniel James. Uh, go from a short guy with pace to a tall guy with um, strength and it just seemed to really, really change the game. Um, I, I, in the first half, the Welsh were really compact. Like the U.S., they had a lot of possession. They they kind of struggled. The, the Welsh kind of like eliminated the midfield, I thought, in the first half pretty well. And in the second half, they kind of said, well, we're going to eliminate the midfield a different way. We're just going to keep the ball. We're going to play it over the top to our giant Ogie Oglethorpe of a striker and um, <laughs> let him knock it down to our other guys. And it worked to really good effect. It was a really good tactical change. What did you think about it? Yeah. As soon as I saw it happening, I was like, Oh, that's the perfect move. Cause um, you know, you can make the, you can make the case maybe in the first half that like, okay, if the other team, if the U S is starting Zimmerman and Tim Ream, we should start our fast guy, right? Get in behind them and everything like that. And then we just blew that whole plan up. Daniel James maybe kicked the ball three times, maybe four in that first half. And they brought in Kiefer Moore and it was immediately like, oh, both of those center backs are fully occupied all the time. It's kind of a full-time job, especially for two center backs who aren't, you know, we don't exactly have Van Dyke back there or anything like that, right? Um, To deal with like Gareth Bale, right? They're constantly in the first half doing a great job of passing him off. Where's Bale, right? Reem made coming made up a couple really good plays in that first half. And then in the second half with more up there, there's no passing off bail. It's like, you got bail, right? If he's getting in behind, if he's coming short, you have to go with him because the other guy has to stay with more. More was a threat immediately. He was bringing the ball down, um, putting it off his chest. I think we still started just with that manic press really well in the, in the second half. Um, I know Tim Ream picked up a yellow card there as well, but um I mean, the tide definitely turned. The tide was absolutely turning away from the U.S. there by, like, I want to say, like, the 50th minute. Yeah, so I think, um, obviously, it really did change the game. Uh, It it caused the U.S. to run around just quite a bit more. Like, they were pressing. It was a very controlled press in the first half. I thought they were doing a good job of probably conserving a good amount of energy, uh, not tiring themselves out. The Welsh basically came out in the second half and said, all right, we're going to make this you know, just chaos. We're going to just bomb it up to Kiefer Moore. We're going to cause chaos, havoc, make you guys chase the ball around a lot of 50, 50 balls. The game got really, really aggressive. And the U S seemed to, after a while, the intensity just waned a little bit. Um, they didn't have the legs a little like kind of anymore. Um, I thought if I'm being critical, I thought bear halter got the first half, completely right i thought obviously the team was set up perfectly i thought they were playing extremely well if i was going to criticize him i think that he didn't do a great job at reacting to 
Rob Page, which um, to be fair, like I said, it's a it's a great tactical switch by him. But I think Bearhalter was a bit slow to adjust to that. Um, I thought the subs were a little bit late, if I was being honest. It just seemed mm-hmm. the team was really tired by that point already. Um, they did survive for a while. Like I, I think for we'll get into the the Welsh goal in a minute. I think Brandon, Brendan Aronson coming on was saving the team in the sense that you got his interjection of just like work rate and stuff in there. When he came on, it really uplifted the team because they were really kind of holding on. It seemed like for a minute there. Um, but a bit late, I thought with the subs uh, and, you know, eventually some of the tire guys uh, to get into the goal was kind of a tired looking play by Walker Zimmerman where, yeah, quick throw in. Uh, Acosta was, it's a little critical to say he was falling asleep, but he's a little asleep on it. He was a little Je- slower Jedi's, to react. Jedi's kind of roped in there too. And even yeah, I felt like was, Jedi yeah. was kind of um like right when it went out, he was right on the touchline anyway. Acosta was Ooh, kind of like. Acosta should have been covering. You're right. That's Acosta was kind of the guy I thought who was a little further back. He kind of got sucked in and I went back and watched the replay right before we started recording. And he just kind of like takes an extra two steps while they're collecting the ball. And then he sees the guy running past him. He's like, Oh shit, let me go try to get him. Um, that said, he does get back. He at least puts some pressure on the, uh, ball carriers. They go into the box and they throw a little cross in Bale's got his back to goal and just, kind of a rash challenge by Walker Zimmerman. He just kind of throws a leg in there. He, I don't know if he thought, I mean, I guess looking at it again, he thought he could win the ball. Uh, just way too slow to react to it and goes to the back of Bale. There was an argument, but I thought it was a stone cold pin and oh, yeah. Bale, Bale converts. Um, uh, Turner gets a hand to it. He was a little upset he didn't save it, but uh, it was just a good penalty. Bale just lathered that into the back of the net. So what can you do, man? I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the uh, tying goal? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, was, it was brutal because I thought they had kind of sustained enough, right? Kind of sustained that initial, like, key for more push. They're playing differently. How do we adjust? Um the Aronson sub, you bring it perfectly, right? Like the Aronson sub was about five minutes late. And I don't know if that's more because Aronson came in and gave us such a lift or because McKenney was like hobbling off the field at that point, right? Like, um, and granted that didn't have anything directly to do with the goal, but like, it just like everything was like a little, a step too slow, right? For the way the U.S. was perfect in the first half of stepping everything in the right, you know, stepping right to the ball, stepping everything great. The second half, they didn't have it. Um, and you illustrate that with like Acosta just being two steps kind of the wrong way. And then it leads to this kind of defensive breakdown. And then Zimmerman feels like he's got to step up and make a play because, you know, they'd been so solid as a back line, right? Reem had stepped in and made a couple good plays, headers, right? Like kind of winning the ball earlier, which is a great thing for a center back to do. But once you're in your own box, I, I mean, of course, obviously with the way it went, it's tough to be like, well, he shouldn't have done it. It's like, I get why he did it. The best player for their team is getting the ball in the box and the best chance, well, one of, one of the best chancers of the game that's not that incredible Turner save or uh, or that wide open key for more header. But um, in general, if Wales gets the ball to Gareth Bale in the box, you should be all over that guy. But he goes through his back and it's, it's a penalty. Turner gets a hand to it. But 
I just, it, I, it, I thought it felt so bad. <laughs> I, I thought honestly, like my, my so biggest hang up with it, my biggest hang up with Walker Zimmerman going in there was like, his back's the goal, man. Like, I, I don't know. Do you, I guess maybe you don't want to be like sports center top 10 and like have Bale make a nasty turn and get onto his left foot and, you know, just fucking curl one into the corner. But, you know, I, I'm going to take that chance. That happens sometimes. Like, like think, really, like you're at the I think you level. take that chance. Yeah. You don't dangle a leg in there and just give him a better chance to score. Like I, I think he, Bale would have had to do a lot to still to like generate a even good scoring chance from the position he was in. So I, I don't know. Like I said, when I look back at it, the only thing I can think is that he thought he was going to be able to get a leg in before it even got to Bale. And he was just, maybe it's like we said, fatigue at that point that, he dives in there with his leg and just catches him. But I, I don't know. It was kind of one of those that you're just left afterwards. And you're just like, man, that's a, a really that's tough a way to give up a penalty. Like I'd, I, I, it almost would feel a little better if, you know, Bale did turn and, you know, just Put curl one right into the corner. Yeah. And it's like, well, world-class player, like great left foot. What are you going to do? But to yeah. just kind of give him basically a, I don't know what the penalty percentage is off the top of my head. 75% chance to score a goal immediately. With him, with him there, it felt like a hundred. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, but like, to me, it's, it's almost like just to go across sport here, but like, you know, if the bases are loaded, don't, and if the bases are loaded in a tied game in the ninth, don't walk the guy, give up a monster home runner. You know what I mean? Like throw a pitch, make them do something right. When it's a penalty like that, it's like, yep, you just walked in the winning run. Mm-hmm. right and like you know Turner's Turner got a hand to it and for a half second I thought I thought he was going to make a save but when Bale elevated the ball like that and kicked it so hard there's there's no chance I mean he went the right way he got two hands to it and you know I felt like it was going to break his hands before it stopped there but the guy does come up huge for Wales in a game where he otherwise I mean Zimmerman and Reem kind of just kept him in their pocket the whole game it was really just one bad play and I think that's part of why it hurts so much because Zimmerman's been, it's been who's going to play next to Zimmerman, right? For the last year plus, it feels like he's been our only really good, reliable center back since Miles Robinson, Miles Robinson got hurt and John Brooks got exiled and Tim Ream, they decided he was too old and now he's way younger. So, Yeah, um, that's basically the summary of what happened in the game. Um I think it's a good segue to like dive into some players and what we thought of them. Um, the question may have been coming in, like who was going to play next to Walker Zimmerman. Um, for me, the question might now be who's going to play next to Tim Ream, because I thought he was quite possibly the best player on the field for either team. He was sensational. Like just call him in first time in two years. Like where the hell has this guy been? Cause I thought he was crazy good tonight. What did you think? Well, he's hiding out in this little English league called the Premier League, where he plays against the best forwards in the world for a hor- for a team that's not that good and regularly holds his own. So great job by the scouting department, really finding that guy, bringing him in. And, yeah. uh, good job, guys. Yeah, 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 you did it. I, I can't, Good job, Greg, calling up the obvious choice and then it working. So I like for real, I guess credit to you. But um, yeah, I, I don't I think if I had a man of the match, I'm going to give it to Tyler Adams just because of how much I love the midfield and the counter press and everything else like that. And I think he did a good job of keeping us organized, but 
Yeah, he's definitely got a shout too. Like I, I don't mean to go over like just breeze over Tyler Adams. He was amazing oh, no, I, too. Honestly, we'll, that we'll talk about everybody. But. Yeah, that Tyler Adams was sensational tonight too. He was everywhere. Like uh, like we said that you know the team seemed like they were tiring. Not this guy. He's like the Energizer Bunny dude. He's just I, like every time I felt like the Welsh were like having an attack or there's a loose ball that needs to be cleared or something. It's like, Oh, and Adams clears it. Oh, Adams intercepts Adams. What a read by Adams. He's just, he's all over the field, man. He's like in Golo Conte esque, dare I say? Kinda. And I love N'Golo. It's, it's very high praise, but like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he went on a quick, like five mile run after this, just to kind of burn off some of the excess energy, you know, like he, he's got like a whole day planned after this. There's no rest and recovery for, for the captain there. But, um, well, I'd say if there was any beer in Qatar, he, he earned a beer after the game, but, um, I guess like an appy juice or something is going to have to just do it. <laughs> some, some sweet juice boxes, maybe, you know, somebody's mom brought orange slices. It's a Capri Sun. Oh, do you think maybe they got like the full size Gatorades, not those little ones, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Tyler Adams, Tim Ream. I, I would say Tim Weah too. I've absolutely earned full size Gatorades from this game. Um, just to kind of go back to front there, um, I think Turner had a pretty good game. He wasn't really asked to do a lot until all of a sudden he is, which they talked about a lot on the broadcast. Um, he had that really nice save on the free header where the ball got batted around. And then all of a sudden he's making kind of the highlight save, um, right. Jumping up and everything else there. And then the only bad moment he had was that Kiefer more like free header, right. Late in the game off that corner where he's doesn't get to the ball. There's no punch or anything else there. And Kiefer Moore just misses the header, right. Like that should have been the goal. And the other one should have been, you know, like it was a great save by, um, by that but like that kind of goes with what we were saying about like that Wales goal was coming right it wasn't I mean the penalty was out of nowhere because just like Zim what are we doing here man like you've been playing so well but they had been the better team in the second half their goal was coming just like ours was coming in the first half um any other thoughts on Matt Turner before we move to the rest of the defense there no I mean I I think Turner was fine yeah that was one mistake he made wasn't punished for it penalty what are you gonna do I, he he went the right way just like we said bail just lashes it into the net not a lot he could have done there um overall i thought he was fine his so he wasn't horvath. should have subbed in horvath just immediately I, go to the horvath <laughs> i was thinking at halftime i was like because he had nothing to do in the first half nothing so i i like i was like at one time <laughs> yeah well i was thinking like <laughs> Man, good thing the game checks are all the same because, like, if you were paid per save, then you're getting skeeted today because the team's just not giving up any of the ball. So I, I thought it was important for him to be ready when he was called upon, and he was, I thought. So I'm pretty happy with him. Um, we kind of went into Ream uh, already. I, I guess Walker Zimmerman we can unpack a little more if you'd like to. I yeah. thought overall I thought overall he was pretty good. Um he definitely looked the shakier of the two. Like I, I was less comfortable when the Welsh were going at him than I was when they were going at Reem because Reem just looked so sturdy. That might be more of a testament yeah. to Reem than a uh, slight against Walker Zimmerman. Yes, I, um, I think that's that's a great way to put it. It's a compliment to Reem. It wasn't a slight at Zimmerman. Um, I'm always pretty. I mean, I think Reem does a great job of playing the ball out of the back too, right? Hitting those big diagonals. I'm always pretty surprised when Walker tries to do it, do it because he doesn't really have that 
reputation, but I thought he did a good job moving the ball out of the back and everything else too. Outside of that one moment there, I think he won a lot of big headers right on corners and stuff like that late. It's just the one moment there that can't really escape. But uh, what about? Yeah, he's, um, he's going to be the guy that leaves the game like with some egg on his face for that moment. Um, I didn't think, like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just say he was shit the whole game because of that. I thought he was fine up until that point. I, I, I wasn't worried about the defensive back line. Like we we've talked for months leading up to this World Cup about how <laughs> worried we are about it the defensive back line. I felt pretty comfortable with it most of this game. So really bad mistake, but overall I thought he wasn't that bad today. Um, fullbacks, what do you think about the fullbacks, Andrew? Um, I think, I mean, uh, Serginho Des just before we say anything else was one of the guys that Burhalter kind of highlighted as not being one hundred percent coming into this. So. Um, you know, may, maybe a little bit of, I don't know what the right word is. Like, maybe that's why he didn't play as well as we've seen him play in the past, but he, he was, he was good going forward, but he didn't really have a real like impact on the game. He had that one shot from deep early, which we've seen him score those before, but, um, I thought he looked like a guy that hasn't played in a, a few months. Yeah. Honestly, I, largely, I, th- I thought he was just a little. Yeah, I just thought he was a little sloppy. Um, not a terrible game by any means. I mean, the early yellow card, like I said, I think that was just more a little bit. He was really seemed amped up like the rest of the team and really ready to go. Um, didn't hate that necessarily. I didn't think it was a yellow card either. I thought McKinney's probably was. I thought it, yeah, so early in the game, I thought Dest is... Uh, Bring him over, talk to him, you yeah. know, like all that stuff, but... This guy had a quick whistle, man, until he didn't want to, and then he did again. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's go through the guys. We're, we'll, we no, we got rep talk coming. We definitely right. got rep talk coming. Oh, right. That's that's going to be yeah. a whole can of worms to open, though. But um, yeah, yeah overall, Dest, I thought, you know, okay, not terrible. Hmm. Yeah, L- last thing I would say on Dest is you talk about him being, like, fired up. He's, like, the most low-key guy on the whole team, and part of that is just, like, He's Dutch. He doesn't have a ton of like personality, it doesn't seem. But for him to be like too amped up and get into a tackle shows how big of a thing, like how excited this group was and how well they played in the first 45. That even like stone face, no emotion, Serginho Dest is like following because he's amped up. I like, let's just start a rumor that just Dutch people aren't emotional. They're just stoic, just complete, no personality <laughs> assholes. I, I'm, I'm with it. Let's start the rumor. No, I, I can't. The only I, I had a Dutch kid on the basketball team with me in college, and uh, good dude, definitely had emotions. Sick, sick kid. But uh, you know, one of every two Dutch people I pay a lot of attention to doesn't have any emotions. Half. No, Half. I'm 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 tooting the horns, dude. I'm 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 starting the rumor. I'm on Twitter, definitely just starting another fan club. But let's move to the other side of the pitch. Uh, Anthony Jedi Robinson. What do you think? I thought he was good i i I don't know he didn't do a ton to like super impress me he was running a lot like some other guys on the team he was running a lot making some nice runs a bit sloppy in the final third but that was a big you know kind of normal thing throughout the whole team i thought that wasn't unique to him um what do you think about jedi overall i I thought jedi played really well i thought he him and reem have a good chemistry there 
the one time he got kind of like caught out behind. He is so fast. He can just make up for it with a run and then he threw a boot at it. And I think, I think it was, you know, like one of those that ended up being a corner. But when you take a, like a snapshot of when the ball is passed past him, you're like, Oh shit, we're in trouble. Nope. Jedi Robinson just going to run it down be super fast. Um, and he did that, but you know, speed merchants got to have them. The, I think going forward, he was real. I think he was really pretty good. I always like him and Pulisic combined pretty well. Um, he's the only guy that gets into the final third and wants to cross the ball in, right? Everybody else wants to take the guy on and then cut inside, right? Like Pulisic does. Um, but really like I would say Robinson and then Tim way on the right side are the only guys looking to just go down the line, beat you for pace and put a cross in. Um, and I always just appreciate that about his game. I, I thought he played pretty well. I thought he played really well. Yeah, I, I thought he played well. I don't want to say he wasn't. It's just outside of Wea, we'll get into some more of the attackers here in a moment. Uh, let's run to the midfield first after I finish this point. But I just thought the final third, man, it was just a little, a little like lack of a cutting edge sort of between a lot of guys. Um, kind of Wea aside, Wea was the one guy who I thought was consistently his final ball was pretty dangerous. But. Um, Anyway, that's not really specific just to Jedi, like I'm saying. I think just overall he had a pretty good game. I'm pretty happy with his performance. Uh, we kind of went through Tyler Adams already. He's everywhere. He's amazing. We love him. Uh, what do you think about the captain. other two midfielders? Oh, captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. What about the other two Good. midfielders, though? Musa and McKinney, what do you think about them? Um, I thought McKinney started really well. I've kind of I've said it to you before, absolutely, that like – McKenney needs to have this attitude of soccer is fun and I'm the best player on the field. And that's when the USA is at their best. And he had that in the first half. You saw him like joking around with the line judge before he gets that call. He gets a call like out of bounds on the right-hand side. And he's kind of joking with the line judge there, um, messing with guys and that kind of thing. And I think he played really well in the first 45. Um, Another guy who hasn't played a lot of soccer recently. And I think that caught up to him. I think his legs were gone. I'm hoping to hear he didn't, you know, pull something or isn't going to be available for the for the England game. But he is he's he's I think our most important player sometimes. Like how he goes, the USA will go, and he went in the first half, and we were incredible. He didn't go in the second half. We had some problems. Yeah, I think that's like a really good point. I think he's a huge tempo setter for the team. Like. I, I very much think Tyler Adams is like the right pick for captain and he's like, you know, the heartbeat kind of of the team. But I very much think like Weston McKinney when he's out there and he's like, he's kind of like a lightning rod for the team, I guess maybe he's like a jump start for the rest of the team. A lot of the time he gets, he, he's really like, he got the yellow card early and that one I think was a yellow card. Like I said, oh, yeah. but, but he's like diving into tackles. He's going in hard. He's like, going out to 50 50 balls hard he's making these runs forward runs he's tracking back he's just kind of a agent of chaos out there and i think it really helps especially early on when he's doing those things drag the rest of the team into battle and be like okay like this is going to be like a this is 90 minutes of war today you know what i mean oh yeah he's he's absolutely a lightning rod's a great way to put it right he may not be our best player in any given day but he sure thinks he is every day and that's what matters right that kind of attitude of i'm the best player here i'll flick it over my head i'll run down i'll put a header in like whatever we need to do here yeah and i think that if um tyler adams is like the heartbeat and weston mckinney's like the lightning rod i think Eunice musa is like the conductor of this whole sympathy oh, symphony he's my he's God. 
Dude, he's such a treat to watch. He's going to make Valencia a lot of money pretty soon. (laughs) And I hope Chelsea is the one giving him that money. Um, For real, though, like he just like to say like a very cliche thing with Eunice Musa, like, oh, yeah, he just glides past people. He really does. Like he takes just the same amount of steps as somebody else and is two steps by him. He just glides with the ball. He has, especially for a young guy like, because I remember when like Pulisic was breaking into the team, every time Pulisic got the ball, he had to, I think he felt like, okay, I got to run. I got to get past three people. I'm so talented. I got to go. Nope. Musa just takes the game as it comes to him. He never makes a run. He never puts himself out of position, which I really appreciate as like a midfielder because you got McKenney sprinting everywhere when he's at his best. And Aaron's in a little bit too in the later half. But like, you know, Musa's going to keep that like, okay, Adams is back, but I'm going to be here. And then he just kind of is like, the metronome for the team, right? Like he had a great run. I, I want to say it was first half, maybe early second half where he just goes by three people and he didn't do anything. He just was by them. It's like, Oh, now we're, now we're in business. Holy shit. Like, here we go. Yeah. You just hit him with a nice, like Midwesterner. I'm like sneak on pasture real quick. Oh, oh so me, excuse me. Oh yeah. Hit him with one of those really quick, but like he had that, um, he's never like been. Little, he's never, he, he had that little like <laughs> that little like somebody passed it to him in the midfield and he had that little like stopped it little ball roll back back heel pass the other way that was like yep. to ballistic I think I was oh man he's just he's a treat to watch he's I, so good. it's he's only nineteen man he's gonna be so good for this so, team he's, for such he's a long only 19, time but his mind is older and yeah it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, it's, um, it's uh it's amazing and um I you kind of made the you know comparison between him and like a Pulisic who's going at guys. Let's uh, transition into old Christian. What do you think about Christian today, man? I think kind of uh as weird as it is to say in a game we didn't win. Like this is kind of a vintage Christian Pulisic game. You get the moments of absolute brilliance, right? We already talked about that diagonal run and then he hits way with a literally perfect time ball to unlock the defense and score you know, the goal, right? Um, and then he spends a lot of the game getting kicked and getting frustrated. And I get that because the other team has to do, when you're such a good player, the other team has to do that to you, right? Try to take you off of your game. I don't think it let him take him off of his game, but a perfect example is like in the late 80 or 90th minute there, right? When he's like, he falls, he goes down and they'd already stopped the clock for two other people. And he's sitting on the ground with both his hands up going, no, you stopped it for them, but you're not going to stop it for me. And it's like, oh, Christian, I love you, buddy. I know that's part of what makes you so good, but. Get up. Go. <laughs> well, and it's just like, we've already had so many people go off injured. I also can't spend any time thinking you're injured, right? Um, because we need you so bad. Like, I can't deal with like, hey, we were winning all game. Now it's tied. Now it's stressful and Christian's down. Like I can't deal with all three of those things. And I was already dealing with the first two. I thought Christian, it was very obvious that he was the focal point of both our attacks and the focal point of Wales defense. Like they, they very clearly targeted him as the guy that they thought we'd run our offense through. And we very clearly were like, Hey, we're running our offense through this guy. And I thought he, he, he drew a lot of fouls. He took a lot of kicks. Um, I thought he did a lot of good things. He obviously had the assist on the Musa goal or the Musa, the um, way a goal. But I also thought that he was very. I, I mentioned like guys being poor in the final third. I, I thought overall, like he had a lot of like really 
bad final balls. He didn't look super decisive to me, kind of, with his final balls. Um, I thought off set pieces in particular. I, I don't know about you. I, I think I've seen enough of him on set pieces where I'm just like, I, I don't – can we try? I, I get it. He's your, like, most proven guy. I don't, I don't know if he's, you know, it for me. What do you think? He He kind of has Mason Mount syndrome, which to go back to Chelsea, but it's just like – Hey Mason, can anybody else take this set piece? Because you take them all the time. And I understand you're like for Christian, right? I understand you're the best attacking player. You've got the most clout, right? If you're taking the penalty or you're taking the free kick, nobody over there can go and grab the ball off you, right? There's no seniority to step up and say, no, I'm going to swing this one in. But God, do I wish somebody would. We regularly didn't beat the first man or it wouldn't hit anybody in the head. And uh, I don't know if that's just lack of, I mean, Wales is pretty good defending set pieces, so let's give them a little bit of credit there. But it would have taken a really good ball for Chris, for them to score off, for us to score off anything, and Christian was not bringing it today. He has in the what past. He might again, but I feel like it's a 1 in 13 chance. Right? I, it's not like I definitely much. I definitely agree, but it's it's more like kind of what you said, like he, he's not even beating the first man half the time. Like you know, I, I get it. You need a really nice ball that's dropped between like three guys to like have a chance to get a header in on goal. If you're not even beating the first guy, like <laughs> several times in the game, I don't know. I, I should say that penalties. I'm I'm completely happy with him to take penalties. He's been amazing oh, yeah. at penalties in the U.S. Oh, yeah, sure. sure, but I, I don't know, like corners, free kicks. I, I mean, you know, let's. I, I'm down to try somebody else out at least. The only other guy yeah. I really think that really does try them relatively often when he's in the team is uh, Acosta. But you know, yeah, but we don't. We don't. In the team. We, we, we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But which is we'll get we'll get to Kellen. He good effort. Yeah, man. we'll touch on a couple of the subs here. Let's let's just round out like um, the opposite but, side. I mean, we kind of we said some good things about Wea. Like I I thought Wea was quite good. I thought he was of all these guys the guy who was not sloppy in the final third. He his cross that almost went in for the own goal was. If it didn't hit the uh, defender and go at Hennessy, I, it was looked like it was on a good line to go to Sargent oh, in the box. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. He had, obviously, the goal. He had a couple other crosses that were dangerous in the game. I was really pretty happy with Way. I, I thought he maybe a tiny bit struggled to, like, go through the midfield and kind of – it was kind of – he was, a lot of the time, I felt like maybe kind of put on a tee, but his he was, he was kind of, I guess, saying – not generating everything by himself. He was really just capitalizing on being in a good position and putting a final ball in, which isn't really a detriment to him, I'm saying. But overall, I was quite happy with his performance today. What do you think? Uh, I think I think Greg told him, like, you go put some chalk on your boots, you stand near the line, and then you run in behind. And that is what Tim Wea does best is use that speed, get in behind, and then kind of make early and quick decisive plays, right? Um like on that first ball, he could have waited a little bit to try to put that into Sargent, but he puts it in early. He later in the, I think it's in the second half, has that really, really gross, nasty, like all the way across the field to Pulisic, right? It's like a right winger to a left winger all the yeah, way across. that like ball was shallow, nice. Right? And like he puts it in early. He's decisive there. Like way uh, I like I also just with how well he played – Let's give some credit to Greg. It would have been easy to throw Wea or Aronson out there, and Wea was our best attacking player for most of the game. Like, that takes guts, man. Like, I, I, I was ready to be advocating for like a nil-nil. Like, Reyna has to go in for Wea now, and I loved him, Wea. 
but guy was incredible. Um, yeah, I would love to see him play again. He brings so much energy in the press and stuff like that too. Um, really, really well. And he works well with those guys kind of brings us to Sergeant Josh, uh, our last starter there. We'll, we'll swing it over to the other, uh, St. Lunatic here. What'd you think of your boy? Good, not great. I mean, I, I think he did some things good. I think his hold-up play was really good. Um, and that's not saying nothing because those, as we kind of allude to, those Welsh defenders, they are tall. Like he was holding some tall, strong guys off and freeing up some space for the other guys. I, I think he did what you would ask for him to do. I think he was we've, – we've talked about it before. Like this team isn't going to run through a nine for their offense. This team's going to run through those wingers. And I think he freed up space for those wingers gave them room to operate and drew the offense. And I, like he had the one that, that header, it, it's not a miss. That was a very good shot. It just happened to hit the post. Yeah. yeah it just happened to hit the I post. Mean, um, okay. Technically not think, on target, but he hit the post. Yeah. It's a very good. Yeah. Shot. But, and then like we said, the one with uh where there was the own goal, he was in, he was making a good run there. He was in good position. I, I was pretty happy with Sarge. And I think he did a lot of things pretty well in this game. Um, do you agree? I, I agree. I think maybe it's a little bit telling what Greg thought of his performance that Haji Wright was into the game so quickly. Maybe they just wanted to get a bigger body in there, whatever, you know, whatever. Um, the the only thing I have with Sargent is every time I see him play striker, I wish he was involved more. And you're right. We were, we were swinging it out wide to Wea, pool of six cutting in. You got McKenney and these guys all getting forward. So it's like, okay, well, where's he supposed to be? I don't know where he's supposed to be, but it wasn't on the end of the ball. And that's, that's what I need from him. That if he wants to be a very good striker, he does a lot of those other things. He needs to get on the end. He needs to finish. Right. I just think that's kind of a, like a thing of the system. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I, we've seen you're, enough you're guys. Not I, wrong. Just, I just, I just feel like we've seen enough guys now. And like, that's just the, the team's just not going to play that way. Just they're, they're, they're asking Greg's obviously to me asking something really specific of a striker. And it's to, you know, make our our best attackers are on our wings. Make those guys, give them space, make them make the game easier for them, which I don't know if he made the game a ton easier for Christian and he got kicked 277 times. But I, I think that he was just giving them space. I, I think he was, I, I think, like I said, good, not great. Like, yeah, he's not prolific. He's not Zlatan Ibrahimovic out there or something. He's doing what I think is asked of him. And I think it helped make his teammates effective. I agree. I don't. I don't want to come off as sounding critical of Josh because I think you're right. The the nine for the U.S. national team is a little bit of a thankless job, right? You get all the criticism of nobody finishes all these chances, but you don't get any of the like actual like they're not calling your number, right? They're not like, all right, we need a goal, Josh. You get in there, you make a play. It's like, nope. If Christian gives it to you, you go ahead and tap it in. But other than that, you know run around, be energetic, press well, pass the ball, move. Well. And, he, and he did a lot of that well. I just could have used a little more because I thought he popped up early, right, on the end of that way at chance and on that cross. But that was the only kind of, like, critical thing. It's like I think they just kind of wanted more. Like, he disappeared a little bit as we had possession, which is tough mm-hmm. from the strike. I think, like, it kind of part of that too, and we just wrap up on Sargent because we're running a little long. Um I, I think part of that has to do with just the service too. Like the service was not good a lot of the game, I thought. So I, it seemed like he was actually in okay position a lot of the time and just, you know, the ball in was not being the first guy or something. But nonetheless, you know, I, I'm not 
advocating that Sargent is like locked in number nine now. I think good, not great is a good way to put it. But um, oh, I I actually think he made a better case for him to keep starting than anything else. I know I sounded a little bit negative there, but I I think you got to see him again next game. Um, yeah, so kind of get into some of the subs here as we as we creep up. Yeah, is there is there anyone you want to touch on specifically? Because um, we definitely well, should talk about Aronson. We talked about him a little bit earlier, just saying that that sub was about five minutes too late. He mm-hmm. was great. Him and Tyler Adams in the midfield, like no wonder Leeds signed them both because they're both just, if they lose the ball, it's immediately back. They both just immediately are ball magnets, which is a fun thing to say. But they're just like all, like they're just all over, right? Having those two guys in the midfield. And I definitely see why he was listed as a midfielder rather than a forward. I know that was kind of something we talked about. Um, any thoughts on Arison before we kind of just touch on these other guys here? There's only really one other guy I want to talk about for. Yeah, for I, I think just. Of time. Just Aronson, I I don't really have anything to add on top of what you said. Just all over the place, lost the ball a couple of times, wins it back right away. He's he's amazing. He's just his his work rate is crazy. I think, um, like a side thought, we'll we'll uh we'll like go a little bit into like what this means going forward in a minute. I'm sure, but like I think it was smart to save him for the England game. I think you're going to need somebody that can run around a lot during the England game potentially. So yeah, I I thought a little, I I would have liked him in there a little earlier, but I think Greg, it it worked out well in the end, but even before the game, I was thinking, yeah, it's uh, not the worst idea to bring him off the bench today, but uh, who's the other guy you wanted to dive into of the subs? Yeah. Last thing on Aronson, just what you just said there, like, it's a very good compliment to Greg that we're not sitting here going, Aronson should have started, right? Like legitimately he couldn't have broken into that midfield with the way McKinney played in the first half. Wea was incredible. We weren't taking him off, right? Like that that's a huge compliment to Greg and like an actual really nice thing about the depth of this team, but the depth of this team falls off completely after Brendan Aronson. And then uh, we putting out a uh, ADP for Giovanni Reyna. But the only other guy I wanted to talk about really who played was, um Kellen Acosta I just thought late in the game uh Matt Matt Turner makes a baffling decision to come halfway up the field and header the ball not out of bounds not into safety but just into the midfield you know kind of trying to give Gareth Bale a shot at a worldie and Kellen Acosta just kind of cleans his clock which I really appreciated I'm just like yep thank you uh maybe the most well-deserved my favorite yellow of the match for sure <laughs> Well, um. he, he fell. We said he <laughs> fell asleep, and like he was little in the doghouse for falling asleep on that uh, penalty win for Bale. He uh, was on his toes on that one. I was with you. I was uh, one of the better yellow cards I've seen. Just completely cynical. Just like, yeah, we all know what's about to happen, and I'm shutting that the fuck down right away. <laughs> yeah, because if he, if Gareth Bale just puts that onto his left foot, in my head, it's like a one timer, basically. Right, it's, it's going in the net. There's, there's no it's, way it's he's missing. It's Ovechkin esque. He just gets it on his stick, and there's just nothing you could do. It's there's just, like, just oh. there's. I was one thousand percent. I saw it happening in slow motion. I was one thousand. Who was it that scored one of the Euro? Schick. I was like, yes. yeah, he, it's it's one thousand percent the same thing. He's he's probably putting it just top bend still, like top corner for no reason. It's going in one thousand percent. So right. and that, great and challenge we, by Acosta. <laughs> and then and then we can't record tonight because I put my phone through a wall because that's how I was watching the game. And then Spencer can't get a hold of me. It leads to like Kellen Acosta. You saved the podcast, buddy. You may not have saved the game, but you saved the podcast. And I, not all I, heroes I, wear capes. 
Yeah, but they they should be a little more mindful on throw-ins. Um, just to kind of wrap it up there, Jordan Morris um, didn't really do anything. Haji Wright, we kind of already talked about, just that he was kind of the earlier sub there. DeAndre Edlin. There's one guy uh, I want to bring up us. really quick. Just yeah, it's a guy ahead. that it's a guy that didn't play. It's uh, but... Shaq Moore. Let me guess. Christian <laughs> yeah, rolled on. Sh- sh- oh, yeah, Christian rolled on. Uh, Joe I just, Fish Scally. I, I, the fisherman. Joe Scaly. I was surprised not to see him. No, it's uh, it's Gio <laughs> Reyna. Like I just, I I think I, I was thinking about this on my drive home because I had to watch this game like on my phone and listen to it, and I was like, why didn't we see Dedication. Gio Reyna? I did like why didn't we see Gio Reyna? I was trying to like quantify it. And here's my theory. Tell me if you think this holds water. I'm ready. So that game was getting like crazy. There was guys like going down left and right, like injury scares left and right. Um Gio Reyna, I've sung the praises of this. And you know, if Greg burns me in a week's time when we play Iran and Gio Reyna's not on the pitch for that game then maybe I'll just look like an idiot. I think he's so important for that game and like a game where we're going to have a lot of the ball. I I think he would have made a lot of sense in the first half of this game when we had a lot of possession and we were trying to break down a team that was kind of sitting back with a low block. In the second half, I I think maybe Greg's plan was going into this game to bring in Gio Reyna at some point, but when the game had just kind of opened up and become like this chaos of like just back and forth ping pong soccer, like... I think maybe he said, you know, this isn't the right game for him. Like, this isn't the situation I think he needs to go into. I, I I think he'll be better served later on to just save his legs and save it for another, like, you know, time when we need him really badly. Because the way I look at it is, if you were going to start him today, we knew he's not going to play in the midfield. So, like, the only place he goes, we're not going to run a false nine with Sargent. So, like, we're in Sargent's spot. So, the only place he can go, unless you pull Pulisic, is he was going in Tim Weah's spot. We've sat here and we said Tim Weah had such a good game. So, I can't say he got it wrong. You know, right. I can't say at all he got it wrong. And I, I think, honestly, that was maybe the plan was like, hey, we'll use uh, Geo in the second half if we need a goal. We need a goal. I just think the style of the game had just. It was so just chaotic and out of hand that I, I don't think it's something for like a maestro like Gio. I don't maybe he just didn't fit the game plan. Do you think that holds any water? I and and we've talked about this before. Like you're probably right, or you're maybe right, but he's not finding a place for Gio Reyna on the field. Even though I just said like not having a place to play Aronson in the midfield is kind of a compliment to how well the team played. Not finding like to go into a game that needs attack and not bringing in an obvious attacker, right? To bring in Jordan Morris, other than him, like the quote I think after the game was like, "Yeah, Morris brings us more speed and pace," and I think that's what the game needed. It's like true, that's what Tim Weah brought you, but why don't you bring on something different? Like Reyna has that moment of pure magic, right? That a lot of players don't have. That's why he's so well with and like well-regarded within the team and, and internationally, right? Like he's, he's our brightest star internationally, I'd say right now. The thing that kills me is this, like this idea of like, Oh, we got to save guys for this game. All the best players should be playing all the time. It's a three game tournament, right? Like if we have to rest somebody because of card accumulation, like the, or somebody gets hurt, that'll happen to not stro- start with our strongest 11 is really tough in a game where we played so well. So I don't really right, well, know how to reconcile those two things, but like 
not having him on the field if he's not hurt, there's no excuse for me. There's no reason. Yeah, I, I I still think I'd like to have seen him. I just think I can understand where the game got different. Where I would agree with you is why not instead of um, Jordan Morris, why didn't you just maybe put Aronson up on the wing and bring in like a Luca De La Torre in the midfield instead of like a Jordan Morris if you just thought we needed pace. Like if you wanted pace and, you know, work rate on the wing, <laughs> Brendan and Aronson, come on down. Jordan Morris is a fantastic sub if we were up 1-0 in the 89th minute and we want to really press, right? Because though he does bring you the kind of strength and solidity and he's very fast, right? And I, and I like Jordan Morris a lot. I don't like him at the expense of Gia Reyna. Like, there's no time to – this is the World Cup. It's not the time to, like, make sure Gio's ready for this England game. Right. Mm -hmm. If we had if we had him today, maybe we don't lose. Maybe we don't tie this game. Maybe nobody has to be ready for the England game. Maybe Greg gets to play. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm very much not a Greg apologist. So I I agree in the sense of I think I would in a vacuum. Yes, I would have liked to see Gio Reyna in this game. Um, I just think that the game got a little wacky, and I can kind of at least see maybe Greg's thinking if that was the case, but. Let's uh let's move on. We're running long here already. Uh, you want to get into ref talk anymore? Like I don't know. Yeah, he just I, was, I thought he was an. Ass. It was absolutely putrid. Like refereeing the whole game, he did both like, ways. I both. Think. I think he was bad all over. Um, and not like I know we have a very USMNT like centric focus here. Sue us, but like he was bad for both teams. Both teams were pissed at this guy the whole time. Right. He wasn't consistent. He stops it for like even late in the game, man, when he's stopping it for like Tim Weah getting his foot stepped on. If you're Wales, you're incensed. That's that's incredibly bad. If it's not a head injury, don't stop the game. And then he stops it again for another Welsh player. But then he like some internal monologue says like, OK, I made one bad call for the U.S. where I stopped the game and I made one bad call for the Welsh. But when Pulisic goes down, it's you know what? I already served both of those like. I would, if that guy ever refs another U.S. game, I'd like to officially protest. Like, he was just brutal. remarkably inconsistent more than anything. Like, that's, I agree with you. Like, it was, like, the early yellow cards we said, and then, like, you know, like, Wales is, I think it was Mepham, like, it took him, like, three times of pulling Pulisic back before he finally got carded. There was one late where Mepham was on, not even late, I think it was, like, before Wales even scored or anything. It was, like, it was Mep before they scored. Yeah. Mepham, like, went in on Pulisic again, and I think it was very quite possibly, he's already on a yellow, it was quite possibly a second yellow, um, and it was just breezed aside. But, like, like I said, the um, Dest challenge at the beginning, he really didn't do I, I he didn't really make that much contact with the guy i guess it was if you want to say too close to the touchline the guy was going out of bounds he's trying to keep the ball in play he's trying right. to get a piece of the ball I, like i don't know it was just it was so inconsistent and that was the maddening thing and i, I don't think that's at all the reason why the u.s like the penalty was the right decision it's not yeah. why the u.s he, he got didn't a draw mess up any game. of the big calls right yeah but he was so wrong so often on the small stuff that it was just like, you're clearly like not up for this. Like, this is clearly too much for you. Thank you for not like, for real. Like if he, if he didn't give that Welsh penalty and like VAR didn't overturn it or something like that, I think Wales could be like, this match is fixed, right? That it would be that bad of a call if they didn't call that. Everything else is just so minor, but infuriating, right? He doesn't protect any of the players, but then someone gets their foot stepped on. He goes down. It's like, what do you want us to do? Right. Like yeah. when all the U.S. players are, are frustrated, like I completely get it. They were frustrated with the way the game was going too, but 
I get it, man. Just that guy. Yeah. Oh, Overall, yeah, it was just it was more frustrating than anything. I don't think it cost either team anything in the end, except for maybe an injury or two. We'll see what happens well, like, here the in the coming cards, days. The yellow cards will add up, right? For real. I yeah. mean, if you like just a real quick kind of and then kind of as we look forward here just a little bit, but like the guy if you had a list of guys you didn't want to be going into the next game on a yellow card with the chance of getting a second yellow card and then missing the next match, Tim Ream, Serginho Dust, and Weston McKinney are all pretty freaking high on that list. Right? Like to have three guys carry a yellow card into the second game is not ideal. But um yeah, that's that's what we're gonna have to deal with. Yeah, and we can just segue that into like looking ahead a little bit here. Um overall, like is there anything, you know, I, I think we'll get into like an actual preview of the England game coming up. Uh, is there anything like specific though after today, what you're looking for? Yeah, I think it's kind of to underline where me and you started at here. If you've, if you've stuck with us for this long, but like a draw is okay. Right. Like the U S played well today. It's very easy to like be bummed out because it didn't end. It ended poorly. Right. And it started so fun. Right. It feels like it's going on a downward trajectory. If you would have offered us a draw, right, 1-1, draw, well played on both sides going into the game, I might have taken you on it. After that first 45, no chance in hell because we are fucking running them off the table. But, like, a draw is good. We didn't lose this game. We could have lost this game, right? It was going badly, and it was headed in the direction of a Gareth Bale wonder goal or another freaking penalty or something else like that. So to, like, kind of survive this game with a great first half and a – subpar second half right i'm i'm I, I like where we are i don't like what england did but <laughs> i don't like that that's the team we play next but at the same time like we got a point we we got a point in the world cup that's a tough thing to do man yeah so this is the way i kind of see it I'm, and i'm not a math guy here but i've been crunching a, a couple numbers here i appreciate it si- I, I do it for you baby six points you're almost for sure through. Six points is going to be tough now. You'd have to beat England and beat Iran. That'd be seven points. I will, yes, but that would be oh, six or more. Sorry. Oh, okay. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Again, not a math guy though. That it is seven. You're correct. Super. He's not a math. Guy. I'm super not a math guy. I'm, I'm showing you my. I'm showing Andrew my notes as I go through this to make sure I'm not an idiot. Five points almost always will get you through the group. You have a very good chance of getting through. That would require getting a point against England and beating Iran. Four points, and you're kind of playing with fire here. And so, I the, the the thing where four points might set up okay in this group is that you see what Iran did today. Uh, they got <laughs> or, if or you did, did or did not do. You see what yeah, Iran did not do. If you today, did, that they got they they were just horrific against England. They lost six two. I believe was the final. That game started um, at seven and was decided by seven eighteen. It was very clearly just I, like, I, oh, this is. I could have just saved all my time looking up anything about Iran. This is I, horrific against. I actually today. think for I think they held for it for like half an hour, and then like they just gave up a goal and they crumbled. But we don't have. We're, yeah. we're going to talk more. We're going to talk more about that game in the uh, podcast tomorrow when we do like a more, like actually look at the tournament, look at the other fixtures. But nonetheless, Iran looked terrible. So if you figure. We beat Iran. Wales beats Iran. That puts us both on four. We both lose to England. 
or we both draw with England. If we both drew with England, then we'd be sitting all three of us at five points. Um, but I, I think the more likely scenario is maybe we both lose. I, I, my point being, you can't win or advance from your group on the first match day, but you can certainly eliminate yourself on the first you can match certainly, day. I, I ran because, like the thing, the other thing there that's worth mentioning is. The tiebreaker, I believe, the first tiebreaker after points, right, is goal difference, right? Mm-hmm. So even if Iran really gets their shit together, right, say they beat Wales 1-0 and they tie with us, right, and so they're going into a, a situation where the points matter, they lost by four goals, right? So they're already in a really tough spot no matter what. So that that's another thing that Spencer's saying, like a 1-1 draw, like a 1-1 draw, not the end of the world. I know it feels like it, especially if you don't watch a lot of soccer. You're not used to a disappointing draw because there are draws that feel like wins and there are draws that feel like two losses. This draw at 90 minutes or, well, 115 minutes or however many they played here in regulation felt like two losses to me. I had to take like five minutes and be like, nope, we're going to be okay. It's a tough way to like draw that game. But like we played well. We played well for a lot of it, man. And I think we have a good shot at getting out of the group here. Just like a quick nugget, like we don't have to spend any time on this, but like the stoppage times, dude, what is going on? Like there was 14, I, there was a head injury and stuff, but there was 14 minutes at the end of the first half in the England Iran game. Like what the FIFA just decided all of a sudden they're like, oh, we've been like ignoring the stoppage time for, thing for like, you know, 300 years, but now we're just going to like literally count down every single second. Just. Oh my god, this is gonna be a terrible take. Is, that like, if any Europeans hear this, they're gonna like tell me to kill myself. But like, dude, just get a stopping clock, dude. When the ball goes out of play, just stop the clock. If you're gonna add 16 minutes at the end of the half, I, I, as as a dumb soccer fan, I do like that all the time is made up make believe, except for on one guy's watch. My horrible joke though was gonna be that they're doing one minute of stoppage time for everyone who died building the stadiums. So it will all equal out by the end of it here. So uh, feel free to just cut that out if you <laughs> if you want to do. Oh something no, that's anyway. that's staying in. That uh, that was immediately what I thought you were going to say earlier when they were doing a minute for every, and I was like, whoa. But yeah. No, I didn't get to that one. You beat me to it. But yeah, overall, just circling back from our terrible, terrible humor. Um, yeah, I, I think. The U.S. didn't eliminate themselves today, and that's a very big win. Uh, we could be – look, if if worse comes to worse and the U.S. doesn't make it out of this group somehow, the way I see it too is that this is a very young team, and you can say this is like a loser mentality, but if we weren't to make it, it we're playing – we're going to a World Cup, the most important tournament in the world, and we're going to play three important games. All three games are going to matter now. We – have guaranteed that we'll still be alive going into the last match day against Iran. All three games matter, and I think for a young group like this, that's important to play as many important matches because we say it all the time in CONCACAF, we don't get a lot of important matches. You got, <laughs> we're not we're not playing in the European Championships. Like the Gold Cup's not the same thing. We don't get those big no. high leverage matches. Yeah, if the game's this not is important. in Columbus or Azteca, is it really a big game in CONCACAF? The answer is no. Right. Like I love seeing them all on this level. And and you're right. There's a lot to be happy with today. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I'm happy today. I'm optimistic. Um, 
God, the I, win would have been great, though. It would have been great. I, just I, I me think yelling for 90 minutes on this podcast is a do laps celebrating. That is what the podcast would have been. Maybe this is like a sign that I'm like a little too optimistic is like I'm sitting here. I'm like, maybe it's good to be playing England after they just walloped the team 6-2. Maybe there'll be a little bit of sleep. And maybe Iran got their ass kicked. And now they're going to be like, now they're going to like come out and they're going to be like, well, we're not this embarrassing, terrible team. And they're going to really be like stout against Wales when they play on Friday. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just blindly too optimistic. There's no limit to the mental gymnastics I will do to put the USA in a good position here, regardless of the outcome. I had the exact same thought of like, okay, so Wales just got this big emotional like win, but not a win. And they're going to go to Iran, who's going to be like looking at themselves in the mirror. Like, I think it's time for, I think Iran will step up and do it. In actuality, I'm worried Iran's garbage. And maybe it takes them three games to figure out just like, or two games to figure out, just sit behind the ball. We suck. Like, I don't know, man. But I, I think we're about ready, man. One, <laughs> one, one quick nugget just on that, and I promise we can wrap up, is just that I'm like, Wales, to me, they don't look as though they have a lot of goals in them. And if Iran can kind of just like, because we thought Iran's going to be this like really good defensive team, you give up six. Like, I mean, obviously that's not good, but like England does at least have a like shitload of attacking talent. England like, looked incredible. They looked really good. Like, it wasn't just that Iran was bad. England looked good. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe like that's a, hey, uh, we can, you know, kind of sit low block on this Welsh team. Like, I don't know. That, that game might suck to watch, but if it sucks to watch and it finishes nil nil, that's a good thing for the US. So I don't know. We yeah. see what happens, my friend. Yeah, man. Well, I think it is about time for us to get out of here today. We wanted to bring you to a, well, relatively quick, considering who's talking to you here, but pretty quick for us. Yeah. Quick for us, man. But just kind of going over the whole game and uh, um, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I appreciate everybody listening here. Uh, Spencer, any other words for the people before we get out of here? Yeah, if you are worried about the length of the podcast, then whatever. Sorry, we didn't even get to Greg's shoes, so we're leaving stuff out, so whatever. It's true. I like those state sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> sweaters that just say states on them. But... So we, we right. have some stuff. Don't worry. There'll be more for us to talk about. Yeah, we're reconvening, reconvening tomorrow about the other fixtures, and maybe Greg's shoes come up organically tomorrow, Andrew. But until then, we'll just have to keep the people waiting. I appreciate it, man. Uh, this for Spencer. This is Andrew, and uh, this is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. We're gonna get out of here. Peace. We out.